Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you every week. Mark and I discuss trending topics in the wine world. How are you doing this week, Mark? Everything's good, Kim. How are you? I'm doing okay. So you have pulled together a whole show's worth of really one topic that we do talk about every once in a while, but I think is one of those things in the wine world that most consumers really don't have to think about all that often, but we in the business think about it all the time. And it's what is referred to as the three-tiered system, also sometimes called the distribution system. And it really is the uh, the chain of distribution with how wine gets from the winery to your wine glass. And I know recently there has been a lot of chatter about supply chain issues and we can't get things and there's a lot of stuff that's out of stock. So I feel like this is a really apropos topic for a time where we are struggling a little bit with getting things through the supply chain. I thought it would be good for our listeners may not know the laws of how wine review that. And then there was a lot of follow-up articles related to that about buying online and how that relates to this system and if it's hurting the system. And then as we talk, I want to ask your opinion on what you feel about this system, because you know, obviously I'm in retail and I'm involved in the system and I want to get your view on it. But I think it's important first, we talk about why this system is out there. And when we talked about prohibition, we mentioned it and we talked about three tier a lot. So first off, after prohibition ended, the government said, we have to control this alcohol so it doesn't get out of control again. That's why we had prohibition. So if we're going to start up drinking again, let's control it. So each state had to choose how they want distribution to be done. So the state could take control of it or it could be a three-tier system. So Massachusetts chose the three-tier system. New Hampshire, our closest in Pennsylvania, those are state-run distribution. So you have to go to a state liquor store in those states to buy liquor. In Massachusetts, there's liquor stores. So they said at the time, it prevents disorderly- They the government. The government said this will prevent a disorderly marketing- conditions. I think it was just their way of saying, you know, just some control. So there's no, in a three tier, the idea is there's no monopolies. The tiers would be this, that you'd have the winery you'd or the importer, then you have a distributor, then you have a retailer. So I'm, I'm the retailer. I buy from a distributor. Distributor buys from the winery or the importer, and then the consumer buys from me. You cannot go to the other levels above me. And I can't go above my distributor's level either. So am I making sense to you, Kim? So if I'm making sense to you, I hope I'm making sense to the listeners. Yes, you are. Okay. So now the issues with this system, there's plenty, right? As as you know, Kim, the, if a distributor does not 
carry a wineries or an importer's product, then I can't buy it from them and I can't sell it to you. So a lot of the articles out there are saying consumer rights. I want to buy XYZ wine, but it's not in my state. I should then be able to go directly to that wine or I should search the internet and buy it from someone else in another state. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things going around about you know what are the laws with this. And I just wanted to mention quick, there are in the states that have, I mentioned Pennsylvania, I think there's 17 state controlled other than that include New Hampshire and Pennsylvania. All the rest are three tier except for Washington state, which is a real weird one. They used to be state controlled and then they went rogue somehow and did something totally different. But how is Washington run now? I th- Do you know? I think they can buy directly. So the retailer can oh. buy from a distributor or can buy directly. Directly from uh, the importer or the winery itself. Correct. Correct. Cool. So people are probably saying, okay, so how does this affect me? It all comes down to you can't find a wine, but you want it. You can legally buy from the wine and have it shipped to you if that winery pays the state of Massachusetts a fee to send the wine to you. And I think it's like $200 if they want to pay it. Yeah, it's like a- dollars for a permit. Yeah, it's a permit that I think, do they have, they probably have to pull it every year or something. I would think so. And it, that yeah. probably has to do with, because where it's sold, what state, that's the state that's making the tax money. Mm-hmm. And residents by law, consumers are allowed to get 12 cases of wine per year, per winery delivered to them. Which is a fair amount of wine. It's- Huge amount. If you want, I mean, <laughs> just per winery. So per winery. Yeah, you could go, you know, really crazy on that. So, tell me, Kim, your opinion: Is the three-tier system fair? I don't think so. I feel like there are so many ways to abuse it, or maybe not abuse it, but so many ways for it to not function in a way that is good for all parties involved. So one of the big arguments against it is that the only, I don't say person, but the only entity that comes out as the winner is the distributor because they really have all the rights. So say I have a little winery in the state of Virginia, say, and I make nice wine and I want to start distributing it to other places in the country because, you know, there have been some nice magazine articles written up about me. Maybe somebody had me on their podcast, whatever. So I try to find a distributor in the state of Massachusetts to distribute my wine. I then have to enter into an agreement with that distributor. And then I really don't have any control about what kind of a job they do selling my wines. So it's, I think, really hard for the little guys that that is their only access to the market in Massachusetts other than coming here and opening up their own distribution company, which some people have done to kind of, I don't say get around it, but to make it so that they have a presence in our market. But as more and more small distributors get bought up by big distributors or as really big supermarket chains that have their own distribution network come into the state, it is, I think, harder for those little guys to really get traction on their brand. So they have to not necessarily rely on their distributor to be the ones to really pound the pavement with their wines, but they have to have their own staff 
going to multiple markets and and trying to work the market. So I think it's not necessarily fair to those really small producers. And imagine if you're not in Virginia, but you're in, I don't know, Portugal or Croatia or South Africa. So that's one of the things that I would say is against it. Yeah. Wineries in other parts of the world need an importer to get them into the state. And then they need a distributor in the state to sell it for them. So it's a lot of work. But think of it this way, Kim. If you're a consumer of wine, you can bypass the system. But if you're a retailer, you can't bypass the system right. because of the distributor. So like you yeah, said, you the can't distributor- order directly from that winery and then sell it in your store. Whereas if I wanted a case of wine and I didn't mind paying for the shipping and that winery that I wanted the wines from has a license, a license permit. Did you call it? Is it a permit to to ship to me in Massachusetts? Then, you know, that at least is the way that I can get around it as a consumer, but it's yeah, harder for you. So they're saying originally this, it prevented monopolies. So no one could control, but in a way, I'm I'm kind of taking this hearing what you but said. But I don't think they were thinking about really wine are. necessarily, but they weren't really thinking about wine when they made these rules. They were thinking about liquor and beer. Right. In general. Right. And the beer thing went crazy because all the small beer distributors said, I don't want to go with these big guys. And they kind of right. broke away and they changed some laws for beer that they could distribute if they had under so much volume by themselves. So hmm. That was a whole other can of worms, but <laughs> this is a wine show, so we'll talk about talk about the wine. So there was another article, Kim, about Tom. Is it Wark? Is that Wark? Yeah, and he's a very famous writer in the wine world. He was saying he found a website that was promoting how good the three tier system was, mm-hmm. and he thought it was kind of a propaganda site that was put out by the big multi-state wholesalers. So it didn't sound like he had to do a whole lot of digging either to to come to that conclusion. (laughs) Right. So, and a lot of our listeners probably don't know this, but a lot of the people who are distributors here in mass also are in Rhode Island. They're also in New Hampshire. So they, Mm -hmm. they multi-state. So according to his article, there were two multi-state wholesalers that control 50% of the U S wine market, which I thought was Unbelievable. But he didn't mention, I, I would assume one is Southern. Is Do you know who the two big ones are? I don't, but Southern has to be. They're always talking about the people. I mean, they're one of the bigger distributors and they was always talking that they're going to buy someone out in the state of mass yeah. all the time to get in the state. But what did you think about his take on? The I, I think that he's probably completely correct. It doesn't look like the creator of that particular website really went to any great lengths to hide <laughs> really what they were doing because they had no organic social media reach. You know, it was all just company people. You know, it sounds like, I don't know, somebody in a marketing meeting was like, hey, this would be a great idea to do. Um, I don't necessarily know if it was the smartest thing to do. So the the site he found, they were supporting the three-tier system. And one of the things they said was, the three-tier system is good for the supply chain. Now, when COVID happened and everything shut down, there was no supply chain. So I don't know. It didn't matter if you were three-tier or state-controlled. No one was getting any product. So I don't understand 
that it doesn't line, sound like it's good for the supply chain right now because chain. my distributors are out of everything. No. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't make sense. They made the point that a three tier system protects monopolies. Now, I don't know. I always had to ask you this, Kim. Like Martinetti owned a store that you worked in, and they were a distributor. Yes, it must have just been a separate business, but they used the name. So I, that, I was always wondering how that. Yeah, I don't know how they. On, on. I don't know how they got around that. Because technically, that's you can't a distributor couldn't own a store, or a winery can't own a store. So they mm-hmm. kind of kept the tiers separate. But uh, I don't know. I'm just going off on that. It also said it offered the consumer a choice of large versus small, and I totally don't agree with this as a point for the three tier system because, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Kim, the distributor is really deciding right who they feel is large and small who they feel they should back and who they feel should be on the store shelves and who they feel should sell to me and i have no choice but to look at what they have to decide what i want to sell so and i think it is the to the detriment making, I, of the small ones yeah. because you know if you're that that little guy and you get lost in the shuffle because you don't have the brand power or you don't have the name recognition, then that is not a system that is benefiting you. And it's benefiting the other guy that has this brand power and a lot more going for it. So that I think is one of the, re- one of the arguments against it. And there's another level where the cost is going to change. So the, the distributor has to make money, right? The wineries go into the distributor that they have to make money before they sell it to me to sell to you. So to me, it adds another level of cost. Mm-hmm. And I've seen where there's a wine. Well, here's an insider tip for everybody. <laughs> I've seen wineries. I've been buying wines for years. And then when the whole their website cheaper than I could buy it for. The only thing I can assume is that it's because uh, the wholesaler is cost to me, the, the markup to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that is not a good thing. If if why would I sell a product on my shelf if you're a smart consumer and you search and you can buy it directly from them and save a hundred bucks a case? It's not fair for me to sell it to you for that. Does that make but sense? But even with the shipping, it would be better for the consumer to buy it from the winery. Yeah, I mean we don't know the, the shipping and you know how it's going to get there and everything, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's not fair that they don't see that the states they're in with the three tier that they price it so we can still sell it and be competitive to what they sell at their winery. Mm-hmm. So that's just my retailer rant there. But I think that wineries do try to take that into consideration when they are pricing in their tasting rooms and at the winery because they don't want to necessarily mess with the market because they know that their sales will go down in the retail market if someone wants to buy one of their wines only you know sees that price online but really maybe can't order it directly from them because of what state they live in or whatnot so i feel like there is i want to say less of a chance of that happening but i wonder how often that does happen where you see that the price at the winery is way lower than it is in, in retail. Yeah, I think over the years, unfortunately, more and more wineries doing things with pricing. Mm. Not just wine, but any liquor in general. It should be all pretty consistent pricing. Yeah. You know, but they do some stupid things that it's not. 
and it, it looks I think it looks bad for them because everybody's at a different price point. So no yeah. one really knows what that value of that right and, I, and that's what i mean is that yeah. i i feel like that especially when we have places where people can look up prices at their fingertips on their phones like we're not necessarily having to go to a magazine to you know to look at what what's the price of that wine you know we we have instant access to those things and if you're seeing that the price for that bottle is all over the map then yeah i think there is a little bit of maybe consumer distrust if that is something that is happening You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. If you'd like more information about Kim, please go to her website at commonwealthwineschool.com. If you'd like more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. We're here every week on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9 FM. Any questions or comments, you can find us on Facebook. We're talking about the three-tier system, and I kind of went off a little bit there, Kim, but <laughs> I, I want to uh, just follow up on a couple of numbers from the distributors. We talked about two wine distributors in the U.S. account for 50% of the wine sales, and then they gave a couple of numbers I thought were interesting. In 1995, there were 3,000 distributors in the United States. In 2017 there was 1,200. So a lot of people are buying other people. A lot of the small guys go out of business, a lot of changes. And then they had some stats about the wine market, the global wine market, 418 billion in 2020. They're figuring it's going to grow 6.4% till 2028. So the market is still huge, even though there's these three-tier systems that probably not all things are in the market. Mm -hmm. And I heard a story just recently where there was an Italian wine show in Boston, and most of the people there were people from Italy just trying to find people to bring their wines into the state. So they traveled. I think I went to that one. Gambro Rosso? Yeah, I went to that one. So most of the people there are just trying to get their products. You know, they're here showing you can't get it in the state, but they want- I I wouldn't say that it was most of, but there was an entire section. I would say maybe 25 to 30% of the tables were, yeah, were folks that were trying to find local distribution. That's what what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So we had another- food and wine aesthetics article. And it was talking about uh, why are consumers reluctant to buy online? So do you think, Kim, that people, wine consumers in the state of Massachusetts, because we have access to wine, may not think that they can buy online or need to buy online? I don't know. You know, this article actually did get me thinking like, you know, they're right. Like, I don't, really know that I have ever spoken to say one of my friends who is buying wine online. We just, I don't know what the hesitancy is, but it does appear to be a thing. Like people, I mean, this is just anecdotally, you know, I don't, I haven't gone and done any scientific research about it, but I can't say that I am familiar with a lot of people who do buy their wine online. For me. I mean, that's good for you, right? But- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's no, an I interesting. Mean, I, uh, it's I, interesting. I think if you want to deal with it, 
research, if you research it and want to deal with the shipping and the, the risk of being shipped or being temperature damaged or whatever, to me, every time I've looked to buy something online, the price to ship it was more than the why. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't justify two times the price just to get the bottle. Now you yeah. can, there's things out there you can join, you know, wine clubs are very popular and they'll send you six bottles every month and they'll eat the cost, but you're paying for it somehow. So I think that's a big thing, the shipping. And in this article, they mentioned compared to other e-commerce items, I think it was like 3% is wine, which is really low. Yeah. And compared to other things, they said, is it because of weather? Is it because of shipping? Is it because it's fragile? Why is that so low? Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't think it's because of the need to keep it temperature controlled or make sure that no spoilage because I mean, for goodness sakes, we ship fruit all the time, (laughs) you know, right? all sorts of food products, specialty food products get shipped all the time from all over the place. And so I don't, I don't think it's that I don't, I don't know. I mean, people look for information about wine online all the time, but then the actual purchasing of it does seem like it's not really a thing. And it's not just in Massachusetts. Like they weren't just talking about Massachusetts. They were talking all over the place. Right. Nationwide. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the temperature. I mentioned the temperature. People should keep in mind when I order wine from a distributor in the state, chances are it's the truck is loaded the night before my order. It's sitting on the truck. And then days where it's midwinter or hot summer, it's changing temperature probably just as much as if it was coming from California across so you really want to tell people that well I mean, people should, I mean things are handled and they're handled many many times before yeah. they're in your hands when you're taking it out of my store so i mean there's a lot to the movement and everything there was a comment he made here kim that i thought to me it hurt me but i had to get your opinion on it he stated no local shop can come close to the selection online well you think? i mean true very true he's true you can't sell everything but you sell what you feel is worth selling. So just because you can't sell everything doesn't mean you don't sell quality. And I can't buy everything if I wanted to because I'm in the three-tier system. I have right. to buy what's there. Mm-hmm. But one of the common things that happens, Kim, is that a customer will come in and say, geez, I'm I looking for this wine and I'll go on first and see if I can get it in the state. And then I'll just do a general search of you know, how do they even find it? Mm-hmm. What I find most of the time is someone searching for a wine is not something that's not in a state, but it is something sold directly to a certain store. So an allocated item or, for instance, Trader Joe's, the two buck chuck, that actually, Trader Joe's has to actually go through a distributor to get it in their shelves, but I can't do business with that distributor to buy it. Right. So a lot of times people come in with some winery that, and I'll look it up. It's not in the three tier. I can't buy it. But mm-hmm. when I search it, the store that sells it comes up. Right. And I probably know what store you're talking about. Oh, it's, there's a lot of them. There's, yeah. you know, all the stores that have their own private brands. It, people should just be, they're still going through somebody, a distributor, to get that product into the state. Someone has to be paid something to handle it to get it to their shelves. I did always wonder about that with brands that were, if you call them house brand or exclusive to one particular store, like how does it work for them? 
you know? It has to be cleared through someone in that second tier, hmm. usually for a buck, two buck a, a case or whatever, and then goes directly to them. Got so, it. and you've probably run across this too, where, and I don't know how in a three tier system it's right, but allocations. I mean, you working in the restaurant, you could get a wine that I couldn't get at retail, but it's in the system. Mm-hmm. That's all the distributor making that rule, correct? Yeah, I think it. I think that's what it is. Or it's been told to them by the, the winery. So I know that there have definitely been instances where a winery has specified this is for restaurant only. Don't sell it restaurant to only. Yeah. See that. So that was at the behest of of the winery itself, whether they felt that they were making their wines seem more exclusive by only letting people have them at a restaurant or whatever. I never understood how, and, and it's all legal within, yes. the, within the system. So it's just another limitation of the system where there's allocated items or, or you'll get someone looking for some crazy special bottle, be it wine or liquor or something. There's only three that come into the state, you know, mm-hmm. three bottles. You, you're never going to have a chance to even get it right. through the three-tier system. So. Yeah. What else Those are all go into Bill Belichick and Robert anything Kraft. Else in, yeah, the special. So that's anything okay. else on the three tier? Just you, that I, I think it's, articles? you know, I think it's, it is something important for consumers to understand so that you, the consumer, just have an idea of what goes on in the system so that you hopefully don't get as frustrated when you're looking for that special bottle of wine that maybe you had on your honeymoon or that you went to California and you can't find that wine back here. This is the reason why this system that's in place is why not every wine that you search for on the internet can be found in Massachusetts. Bummer. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. You can find us on Twitter at Wine Education. All our past episodes are on SoundCloud or iTunes. We're here every week on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9 FM. If you want any information about Kim, you can find her at CommonwealthWineSchool.com, and you can find myself at franklinlickers.com. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers.